Um, and we are in the book of Ephesians, and today is the second message in our 12-part series on uh, discipleship and Ephesus. And let's go swimming in Ephesians. It's this idea that we would be like swimming around with each other, learning about discipleship, learning about being a follower of Jesus as we read uh, the book of Ephesians together. Um, I'm going to dive straight into it for today's message. Um, we are taking the second part of chapter one. Um, last week, I asked you guys to read Ephesians chapter one two times a day. And so if uh, uh, I am grading everyone, so go ahead and submit your homework. Uh, if you read it more than two times a day, just please note that on the top of your homework, and I'll give you extra credit for that. So No, I'm just kidding. I'm not grading this. We're not, we're not collecting. I don't know. But, um, but this idea that we are in Ephesians, we're spending time with Ephesians. Today, I'm going to offer another kind of practice, um, and the message I'm talking about today is prayer, practicing prayer. And so for that, oh, um, that's all right. You guys can look at that slide. But um, I've got some uh, index cards that I'd like to pass around. So if everyone would take an index card, and uh, this will be part of our prayer, prayer practice. So, here you go. But just hold on to it for now. I'll explain what we're doing in just a moment. So as those are going around, let me, get, let me give you the big idea for how I want to talk about prayer. There's a lot of ways that we can talk about prayer. Um, I mean, of course, prayer is talking to God. Prayer is, of course, in conversation with God, listening to God as well as speaking, sharing things that are on our heart, and there's confession. There's a lot to be said about prayer. One of the things that really strikes me about what we see in Ephesians chapter 1 is what Paul is praying about. And what Paul is writing in this letter is a prayer in the second part of Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going I'm to summarize it like this, that prayer is hope for something greater. You're going to see that in Paul when he's writing to the, the Christians in Ephesians and in that whole region, that prayer is hope for something greater. And for us, we pray for people because we hope for something greater than what we can provide for them. I know that's a lot of words. So let me try that. Same thing. We pray for people because we hope for something greater than what we can provide for them. We can't provide it, but we hope for it, so then we pray. There's this kind of funny story that's, that's sort of related to this. Uh, I just thought it's a really funny story, so I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to afflict it on you guys. Um, but there's this uh, speaker, his name's Tony Campolo, and, and uh, he would go around and speak at all these different sort of Christian conferences, kind of a famous guy from like the 90s or whatever. He was speaking one time at this gigantic conference. There's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people at this conference. And he was going up to speak, and right before he went up to speak, the organizers said to him, hey, um, Dr. Campolo, hey, before you speak, I'd like you to pray for an orphanage 
And he's like, wait, what? What's the orphanage? And they go, well, we just got news that there's this orphanage and they need $5,000. I think that was the right amount, $5,000. It's not like a, like a lot of money, but about $5,000. And Dr. Campolo looks at the organizer and he's about to head up to speak uh, with all these hundreds of people. And he turns to that person and goes, thanks for letting me know. I will not pray for that. And the organizer's like, what? So then he gets up to the, to the lectern and where he's going to speak. And he goes, I was just told to pray, or I was just asked to pray for an orphanage and they need $5,000. And he said, I'm not going to pray for that because we have that right here in the room. I believe we have that. And so Dr. Campolo, to all these hundreds of people speaking, he goes, I don't want credit cards. I don't want checks. I just want cash. <laughs> and he goes, uh, ushers and whoever's out there on the doors, find baskets, waste baskets, whatever you can. We're going to start passing. We're going to start passing. I want, I, I want everybody, I want your cash. I want all of it. Whatever you have right now, put it in. So then the organizer like rushes up next to him. Oh, Dr. Campolo, we get your point. We get your point. He goes, no, 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 no. Nobody's got my point yet because I don't see anybody's wallet. <laughs> and he pulls out his money and he goes, look it. And he goes, all right, let's start passing. And they passed it and they passed it and then they counted it all up and they had what they needed. They had what they needed. And so that's the situation where Dr. Campola said, I'm not going to pray because we can take care of that right here. But prayer itself, and when we pray for people, is beyond what we can provide. And we pray because we hope for something for people, people we love, people that we know. It's beyond what we can provide. And that's what we're going to see in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, starting at verse 15. What Paul is praying about is more than what he can provide. There's a lot of text in here, and so let's go ahead and read this, and I'll try to walk through this slowly with us a little bit. Ephesians 1, verse 15, begins like this. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So Paul is saying, I'm writing to you, I'm thinking about you, I thank God for you, and I remember you in my prayers. And so this is now, he's going to go into, what is his prayer for them? And this is what we're going to look at here. He prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, 
far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come, that he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You're like, whoa, that's a huge, like, what was that? Like, I think I understand all those words individually, but when you string them all together, I'm like, what the heck is he talking about? Folks, this is why I'm asking you to read before you come. Because if you just read this for the first time or heard it for the first time, you'll be like, what the heck? But if you've read it before you come, you've had a chance to think about it, marinate on it, and chew on it. So it won't be such a big piece for you. But anyway, let me try to break this down for us. And basically, his prayer is praying for hope for something greater than what he can provide. Because Paul's a great teacher. He can be there and teach them and all this stuff. But there's all this stuff that he wants for them that's beyond what he can give them. And it falls into these categories. He prays that God may give you, the followers of Jesus, that God may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in him. This is knowledge. This is stuff in your head. This is stuff to think about. That you would have wisdom and knowledge and revelation in your head. But also that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened. That, you, that your, your, your being, your soul, your, your emotional being would have enlightenment. So that not only in your head would you know, but in your heart, in your body, in your soul, you would also know and come to understand some things. And then also, not only in your head and in your heart, but also that you might know the hope, the hope to which you've been called in Jesus Christ, the riches of your inheritance as being a son or daughter of Jesus, and also that you might know power in your life, the power by the Spirit. And then he also just sort of ends with this. God put everything under his feet, put everything unified in Jesus. That's the mystery that I talked about last week, the mystery, the unity that God puts everything under the feet of Jesus Christ. Kind of echoes that great hymn in, in Philippians chapter two. Um, Therefore God has given him the name above every name, that the name of Jesus Christ, every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The great unity, this is the great mystery of Ephesians, that Jesus Christ brings everything to unity. All right. So this is Paul. He is praying, he is praying, and I kind of break it down into like these three areas, and and they all actually begin with H. So hopefully this will be helpful for you, which also begin with H. All right. So he prays that they would know in their head that they would have knowledge, that they would have wisdom. He's praying that their heads would get in the game about what it is, that they would be very thoughtful about their faith. And even though he can teach them, there's something that needs to come, that each person needs to come to understand themselves. They need to understand this intellectually. They need to be able to articulate their faith. They need to be able to own it. 
They need to be able to argue it. They need to be able to understand it. So that's in your head. Your knowledge or your wisdom and your revelation. That's what he's praying. Well, he's also praying about the other, your heart. That your heart would be enlightened. And sometimes I think about this, that our heart, like we kind of think about our emotions. Sometimes I think about people, and, and sometimes I feel like people are sometimes trapped by their emotions. Like they feel an emotion, and then they just react out of that. And they feel another emotion, they react out of that. Like, I'm afraid, so then I react out of that. Or I'm angry, and I just react out of that. And when I, when I was reading this, like the eyes of your heart to be enlightened, I was like, wouldn't that be a profound maturity? If that our emotions, all the things that we feel, would actually be, we'd be enlightened about those things. That instead of reacting, that we would respond to our emotions. Like, wow, I feel angry. Or, wow, I'm feeling fearful. Or, wow, I'm feeling anxiety. What is that? What is going on inside of me? Having our emotional well-being enlightened so that they indicate to us what's going on around us, something that's not right. And then rather than just reacting out of our emotion, we figure out, wow, what am I feeling? What's going on in the world? And then we respond in a way that is compassionate or gracious or loving rather than just reacting or flying off the handle or, or being panicked. And this is like the, so it's not just the head, but, but Paul is hoping for a transformation of the heart as well. And then he's also praying for hope, that people would be filled with the hope of Jesus Christ, that they would know that they are part of God's family and they would be filled with God's power. All right, so, so, so what's up with the cards? So I, I gave you guys a card, and um, it's actually kind of a craft of sorts. Uh, I'm not very crafty, so the craft only involves ripping the paper. Um, but uh, the cool thing about this uh, index card is you can fold it down the middle, and then you can rip it in half. If you want to do that, you can do that. And then you can uh, fold it again, and, uh, and you can rip it in half again. So then you, you end up with a, little, a cool little card like this. So now you got, you got two, and this one will make you two more. I know, it's four. You guys are engineers. I know, I'm going easy on you. What I want you guys to do with these, though, and why I gave them to you, is because I've found that these are a cool kind of prayer card. And so um, for me, I've got, I've got some of them right here. Um, I'm even going, uh, less, I'm going less and less digital the more I can. This is fully analog prayer card, okay? And what I do is um, there's people, people in our community who I know are facing some really hard things. And uh, they'll sometimes come and talk to me and share that. And what I do is I'll, I'll write their name down on, on this card, um, which, is, which is these cards, which is what you've got. And um, that's what I'm going to encourage you guys to do, that uh, you would write down uh, one name uh, per card and then put these in your pocket. Um, I put them in my pocket because uh, I have my keys in my pocket. And every time I reach in my pocket, I remember to pray 
for people. And the people that are on these cards uh, in our church community, they're people that are facing really challenging things. And they're facing things that I can't fix for them. They're facing challenges that I can't solve for them. And um, so I'm praying for something greater for them than what I can provide. And that's what I'm going to invite you guys to do as a church community. As we continue to press into discipleship, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ? I'm asking you guys to pick a few people, write their names down the card, and to be praying for them. And pray for them for something greater than what you yourself can provide. I'm going to walk through this, this a little bit again, this idea of head and heart and hope. And as I walk through that, I'm going to ask you guys to just be thinking about your card. And if you have a pen, you can pull that out. Um, because I'm going to pray that God might bring someone to your mind that you're like, oh, that's someone that I can pray about. And then you'd write their name down on the card. And then you'd pray for them this week. So I'm going to walk through again what, what Paul prays for the Ephesians. And we'll see, does God bring up specific names for people uh, for you? Um, there might be someone in your life who's more of a head person, uh, a knowledge person. And you hope for them. You hope for them that they would grow in wisdom and knowledge of God. That they would have a revelation about who Jesus Christ is. That Jesus Christ would be their Lord and Savior. And so if you have someone for whom you hope that they will have a revelation about Jesus Christ, you could put them down on your card. Maybe in your life you have a heart person. Someone who you know is trapped by their emotion. They're reacting and reacting and reacting and they're worried or fearful or really controlling or whatever. And you're just like, God, I'm walking with them, I love them, but would you just, I pray that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened that they would begin to see themselves and see other people and see what they are creating around them because they're so trapped by their emotions. That the eyes of their heart might be enlightened. Or there might be someone in your life who you know who's facing really challenging things and who are hopeless. Call them, text them, you, you go out to lunch with them, but every time you're with them, they just are so hopeless. And, and you try to encourage them, but there's nothing that you can say that, that can kind of sort of pull them out. So you just, you're just empathetic and you just sit with them and you're with them. You can't make them hopeful. You can't give them hope. You can't tell them a hopeful story, but you're with them and you're praying for hope, that they would know hope, that God would transform them that God would transform them so that they would know that they 
can receive the riches of God, the inheritance of the saints, that they might be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, that God would do some sort of transformation because you can't. So if there's someone that you're praying for, a transformation in their head, their mind, a transformation in their heart, their transformation of hope, then perhaps you can put them down on this, on this card. So um, my final slide is basically practicing prayer, kind of jumping off from what we see the Apostle Paul talking about in Ephesians 1. Um, choose three people, uh, make a prayer card for each. Um, I know you've got a fourth card. Uh, I've actually found that this actually works for your enemies too. <laughs> so if you have someone that you're in conflict with, you put them down on the fourth card. Uh, it works because you pray for them too. Um, so choose some people, make a prayer card for them. Pray for them one time each day. And in continuing to read Ephesians, we're going to go on to Ephesians chapter 2 next week. So read Ephesians chapter 2. Um, just read it one time. Just read it one time a day uh, and pray. If we do that, um, I'm just looking forward to what God will do among us. Let me pray for us.